You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Stephen Henderson. My next guest is responsible for many of the changes that you're starting to see at Chandler Park over on the city's east side. It used to be pretty run down and neglected, and now there's a conservancy that's raising money and spending it, making the park a better place. Maggie DeSantis is the CEO of the East Side Community Network and a board member for the Chandler Park Conservancy. Welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Well, you know, Maggie, at WDET, we are focusing on city parks this summer and asking residents to call in or send us letters about the parks in their neighborhood and what, what condition they're in. You guys have probably one of the best stories in the city about a park that went to the brink and now has come back and is really starting to take off as a place again for people to come together and have a good time. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Well, so tell me about where this idea came from. Tell me about how the Conservancy came together. Well, um, in the late 2000s, probably around 2009, a very major nonprofit institution announced it was going to build a community center at Chandler Park. Mm-hmm. Community got all excited. We helped lead the effort to mobilize community support. And three years later, that same institution announced, after um, announcing a $50 million grant, toward this community center announced that they were walking away and they were not going to fulfill that promise. Right. The community was very angry and really more hurt and disappointed. And the Save Our Croc Center coalition formed in April of 2009. By the end of 2009, we realized that we were not going to change the mind of this large institution. So we asked ourselves, what would the next step be? And the answer was a resounding We will do this ourselves. We can recreate this vision, but we can make it even better. And out of that vision grew um, a vision for the Chandler Park Conservancy, but more importantly, came a vision that went way above and beyond just recreation. So the vision became to convert Chandler Park into the state's first conservation campus. Uh As you may know, the Detroit Future City framework describes this area as an ecological innovation zone. Yes. So we wanted the the park to be a living lab for all things environmentally sound and for conservation. We wanted 19 fallow acres adjacent to the park to be the site for a brand new high-performing K-12 charter school. And we wanted all that empty recreation land to become a regional center for recreation for the region. Yeah. To my pleasant surprise, it has been happening. And um, I'm amazed at the number of leaders in Detroit Uh who are attached to Chandler Park, who grew up at Chandler Park, and who are joining this big herd of galloping horses that have left the (laughs) barn and they are determined to make something happen. Right. And this really is about place change. It is about people in a community saying, we can we can take something that uh, one of our assets and build on it in a way that no one else from the outside really is going to come and do for us. That's exactly right. I had mentioned to you earlier that Chandler Park was so neglected that the page in the city's master recreation plan for Chandler Park was virtually empty. <laughs> there were no plans yeah. for Chandler Park. Yeah. It's the, thought of in, in, in some ways as a dead area, that that entire neighborhood, not just the, the park. The entire 48213 zip code, yeah. and it's not dead. Believe right. me, there's, a, there's there people are, who live there. People who live there. There are lots of institutional anchors, the Chrysler plants, the airport. Chandler Park itself houses the only water park in the city of Detroit. Mm-hmm. It's a very iconic golf course that's still very well used, and actually um, patronage there is increasing. So we kind of had to target our target that community ourselves. Yeah. So 
partially because of the momentum created by the Lower East Side Action Plan process and partially because people were just tired of the park being an eyesore instead of what it could be, all this energy came into play. So yeah. today is a $25 million plan. And as of today, over uh, $10 million of that has been committed. And we have a partnership with a, with a great charter school that plans to open in 2017. A brand new artificial turf football soccer field is just about going under construction. Brand new tennis courts are under construction. We have funding for a beautiful formal garden to recreate what was there originally. The mayor has committed to building uh, grass soccer fields. The city is refurbishing this beautiful historic comfort station in the middle of the park. The water park patronage is starting to pick up slowly. Yeah. For the first time, the the company that manages the golf course and the company that manages the water park are sitting at the same table working together on joint marketing. The city is planning new signage. I mean, really amazing things are happening. We yeah. even have a small group of Gross Point moms who have fallen in love with the water park, and they're using <laughs> Facebook to expand their little group who bring their children to the water park right. frequently. Into the city from the suburbs. Into the city I mean, from the suburbs. That's just an incredible yeah. turn of events, if you think about that area and, and that park. what what Talk about the, the effort to raise the money here. I mean, that's always the, the, the big hurdle with parks in Detroit. The city doesn't have money to, to, to mm-hmm. keep them up. But but going to someone to ask and and sort of putting the infrastructure together to raise funds for a park is really really difficult. Isn't it's it? tough. It's tough, and you have to have a lot of patience. So I first want to credit the Kellogg Foundation because they funded since 2010 through 2014, they funded a planning and pre-development process that allowed us to engage a professional fund development feasibility report. So we understood early on what the obstacles would be what we would have to do in order to get the interest of philanthropy. Uh-huh. And that helped. Uh, it helped us raise the initial funding for the uh, turf, football, and soccer field. But we also fairly early on established a better working relationship with the city. And that triggered the city designating Chandler Park as a premier park. Um, only 16 parks had that designation. So the premier park status triggered weekly maintenance. Uh-huh. So now the park started to look better. So people were feeling better. Then we went to Chief Craig, who's an East Sider, yes, by the way. Right. And we said, Chief Craig, this park has really been a dump site for drug dealing. And we don't think that's fair. What do you think? And he was appalled. He spent some time verifying that that's how Chandler Park had been treated. Yeah. And he initiated the park patrol for the city. So there's a police presence there, which combined with the maintenance makes people feel better about going there. Yeah. Then I think the other thing that happened is that so many leaders who are attached to Chandler Park came forward. So Phil Pierce, who's the owner of Pierce Monroe uh-huh. Associates, a great guy, is now the chairman of the board of the Chandler Park Conservancy. Matt Simoncini, the CEO of Lear Corporation, Lear. grew up yeah. at Chandler Park right. <laughs> and is really, really excited about what's going on. And we have example after example of that kind of fondness and attachment to the park, and people are just coming to the table. It's right. really been an awesome project. Uh, I've got you here. I would be remiss if I didn't talk to you about the other work that you do in that area. That area, I always say, has been defined by Maggie DeSantis for a very long time. And and I don't mean to, I certainly don't mean to discount other people's contributions to that. But really, you have been at the forefront of trying to 
and, and what I think is really interesting about it is that what you're trying to do is show that even in the most desperate of circumstances, there are things that can be done. There are ways to give people hope and there are ways to give people an opportunity to, to, to move up, that, that, that chance to move ahead and, and be more successful. And, and I, I feel like uh, Leap, uh, the, the Warren Connor Development Corporation, which is now called uh, Eastside Community Network, that, that's all held that neighborhood together for a really long time. And this, this park project is a great example of how effective all of that has become. But I sort of feel like it all ties in together. Oh, it does. And I really appreciate the compliment. But I, I really believe that my role has been more to kind of bring out what was already sort of latent and ready to pop yeah. 31 years ago. Yeah. And really, so many people are involved in the effort. Maybe I have the loudest voice because I, I, I will not <laughs> let people forget that 48213 and the Lower East Side is right, still out there. Right. But you're right. It's too easy to assume that the only momentum is in neighborhoods that are extremely dense yeah. or midtown or downtown, et cetera. We hear all the cliches about that. But we also know that there are other neighborhoods where you're right, even with the most awful blight. Yeah. Even with the most stunning population loss, people are still there and they want to do something. And, and they need they need help. They need these pieces of hope. They need help and they are willing to engage to get that help and they're willing to, to organize. So I think all we've done is tapped into something that was ready to go anyway. And I agree with you. The Chandler Park Project is kind of the culmination yeah. of a lot of that. I'm not sure. I mean, you been. probably wouldn't have been able to pull this off exactly. 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. It's all the things that are in place now that I think are able to, to, to be leveraged to make it happen today. I agree with you. And I, I also believe, ironically, that it was the that major institution that said, we're going to put this community center here, it would have been 100,000 square feet, right. $48 million. I give them credit, as disappointing as their departure was, for, for finally raising our expectations yeah. to say, you deserve it. The community said, you're right, we deserve it. And when they left, I expected the whole thing would fall flat and our phones began ringing off the wall immediately. And that was... I think that was when I first understood that something important was happening. Was and we happening had to, there. Yeah. We had to try to corral it and support it. Right. Talk about the reaction from the people who live in that community to what's going on in the park. I always say that that physical space helps define our frame of mind for, for the way we live, the way we think of ourselves, the way we think of our community. I would imagine that, that you're starting to see that with people who live in around who live right around that park no question about it um, place and people the nexus of place and people is what makes a neighborhood so um, we say that um, we, we honestly believe that the revitalization of the park and the conversion of it into this really unique conservation campus is going to trigger some other stuff uh -huh. so the people in the surrounding neighborhoods primarily through the Chandler Park Neighborhood Association and the Parkside community uh -huh. are very excited they're very involved they are not shy about saying what they want, what they don't want. They have gotten to the point where when we talk about plans for the football field, they're raising their concerns about noise and parking, which right. is exactly <laughs> what, what a community be doing, should right? be raising their <laughs> concerns right. about. That's right. Ten years ago, it was concerns about the drug dealing at the park and how people were afraid to go there. So right. they're definitely excited. Um, we wish we had more resources to get more and more people engaged, but it's starting to happen. Yeah. It's really yeah. starting to happen. And, and the school. Talk, talk to me about the school that's opening, and then talk to me also about 
the I know that's an area that is desperate for more mm-hmm. schools. That's going to make a huge difference to people huge, in that community. Huge. So I'm not at liberty at this point to say which school it is, but I can guarantee you that when we're able to announce it, people will be pleased. It's a very high-performing school with a very strong reputation. So the idea of the school was to be a magnet for children and families, but to also provide quality public education in a community where there is literally no high-performing high school. It's not to say we don't have newly refurbished or newly built high schools, (laughs) but the building itself does not define the quality of the education that goes on. In the entire uh, Lower East Side, there is probably only um, one, I would say from a data perspective, using Excellent Schools Detroit data, there's only one public school, happens to be a charter, that has um, that meets our standards. Right, right. The high schools, none of the high schools. It really do. is a place that if you live, and especially if you don't have transportation, you really are trapped in terms of educational Absolutely. choice. It just doesn't exist. It really doesn't, and that's part of why we decided when this institution left that the community center that they wanted to build, our vision was going to be that that site where the community center was going was going to be a K twelve high school. Yeah, right there, front encounter telling the world that this was a place where kids could get a great education. And then, of course, they'll also be able to tap into all the recreation facilities. Right. Okay. So what, what's coming up uh, next with, for the park? What are the, what's the sort of next phase of, of this project? Well, this year we will see new tennis courts and new football field. And I'm pleased to thank um, the Ralph C. Wilson Foundation and UAW Chrysler uh-huh. for uh-huh. those two respective facilities. In the meantime, the comfort station should be refurbished by the end of this year. Next year, we'll begin to see the grass soccer fields while the school begins construction and a formal flower garden, um, thanks to the Matilda Wilson Foundation. Wow. In the meantime, um, we're working. Detroit PAL is going to be programming all these recreational activities. Then in the meantime, we're working with the city on ways to generate revenue so that the conservancy itself can be as self-sufficient as possible, given given the scope of work. It's, yeah. it's not possible to be entirely self-sufficient right. because it is right. a public park. Sure. So we're just going to continue to, to um, look at that $25 million vision and keep chipping away at it. We have interested philanthropy for a baseball-softball complex, for a center court basketball context, uh-huh. sort of an outdoor version of St. Cecilia's. Oh, very cool. So we're very excited about what's going on, and um, the leadership of the Chandler Park Conservancy is really amazing. Right. What would you say to someone who lives in another part of the city who has a park that is what Chandler Park used to be about just where do you start with the idea that, okay, we can make this different? I would say you start by um, bringing all the stakeholders together. For us, it was a combination of the residents who were disappointed and determined. Uh Uh-huh. It was a lot of the agencies around the counter corridor who knew how badly this was needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was an organization, and I, and I do credit my own organization with being embedded so much for 31 years in the community yeah. that when we put the call out, there was enough trust that people were willing people to show up to the table. People knew that you could deliver table. on what you were talking yeah. about. Yeah, or at so. least we were going to have an honest conversation about what could be done. So in any community, I would call on whoever is the most trusted stakeholder organization to bring the other stakeholders together and find out what people want. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Maggie DeSantis, member of the Conservancy for Chandler Park. Thank you very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. My pleasure. This is Detroit Today on Wayne State's public radio station, WDET Detroit. I'd like to thank everyone who makes this program possible. It's produced by Amy Miller, Jay Carlisle Larson, Art Regner, Laura Herberg, Laura Weber Davis. The executive producer is Joan Isabella, and the technical director is Matthew Trevethan. This is Detroit Today. I'm Stephen Henderson.